You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual on a Thursday. Going to catch you up on the latest when it comes to the ACC and the SEC. Decisions and reports coming out yesterday that could affect BYU's chances of putting together a schedule this fall and even potentially playing football. We'll break all of that down for you on today's show. We'll continue on with our player countdown series. Who is the best former BYU athlete to wear the number 35? We'll get to that and we'll also catch up on some of the other news and notes involving former BYU players and current players to boot. So a lot to get to on a Thursday, like I mentioned. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com as well as our good friends at Biomat USA. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit. And with that out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 30th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Gave out our first winner of BYU gear yesterday on the podcast, but continue to send in those ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts so you can be entered in to win some BYU gear coming up in our next giveaway. It's Nike gear that I've got, and hey, I'm a Nike snob and I don't buy anything else. You can ask my wife about it. It's kind of true. I have a problem, but bought some pretty awesome BYU gear and I'm looking to give some of it away. So if you guys want to be entered in to do that, leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you like about the podcast, etc. And I'm going to start reading some of these reviews as well. You guys have been very kind and it's great to hear your support and what you guys like about the podcast. It emboldens me. It makes me feel a lot better about what I'm doing with the podcast. And our download numbers were actually going to be our highest month ever in terms of, well, not ever, but our highest month of the year, excuse me, in terms of downloads for 2020. And it's a credit to you guys and a big thank you for your support of the podcast. But you don't come here to hear me brag about download numbers. You want to talk BYU sports. Let's talk about what's going on with the ACC and the SEC. Some reports yesterday. The ACC made an official announcement yesterday, kind of stunning some people because there have been reports that they may hold off on making their ultimate decision. But the Atlantic Coast Conference has decided they will go with a conference game plus one model. So what that means is they will play 11 games or they will be scheduled to play 11 games in the upcoming college football season. 15 teams in the ACC, and you're probably wondering, well, they're a 14-team league. That is because Notre Dame is going to be a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference for at least this season. I don't think that they'll be beholden to remain in the conference beyond just this current circumstance, but it will be a 15-team league, 10 conference games with one non-conference game, and that should help BYU in a way, but only in a small faction, if that makes sense. Let me explain. As it stands, the ACC, the rules they have for the non-conference games, say that, that game must be played in the home state of where that ACC school resides. So if in the case of Notre Dame, if BYU wants to play the Fighting Irish this year, the game has to be played in Indiana. It cannot be played in Provo, Utah. So the dreams of having the Fighting Irish coming to Provo in 2020 appear to be dead for all intents and purposes. Doesn't mean that BYU couldn't play the Fighting Irish out there in South Bend or elsewhere in the greater Hoosier State, but it looks like if BYU is going to play any ACC team this coming fall, and mainly what I've heard is BYU has been talking to mainly Big 12 and SEC programs to this point, 
But if BYU were to land a game or games with an ACC or ACC opponents, they will have to go to those respective schools, home states, and play theoretically in those schools' home venues. And that's going to be an interesting situation for BYU. Obviously, the Cougars will do everything within their power to put together a compelling schedule. Uh, The other report yesterday coming out, and it's a report from the the SEC, Ross Dellinger, who's covered the SEC for years, and guy who knows his stuff covering the Southeastern Conference, he is a smart, smart individual, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the SEC. But he reported yesterday that, quote, the SEC is moving closer to an agreement on a conference-only schedule of 10 games, according to multiple sources. Uh, he works for Sports Illustrated, so sources told Sports Illustrated. Said, continued, during a virtual meeting on Wednesday, a majority of athletic directors approved the idea of an SEC-only 10-game schedule. Schedule. However, the schedule must be ratified by league presidents. SEC presidents are expected to meet virtually Thursday, which is today, to seriously discuss the matter. And that is where we're going to be waiting to hear on the SEC in case in the case of BYU. Because as it stands, there's, there is a Missouri game that BYU is expected to play in mid-October that's been set on the books for years now. And BYU, obviously, the reports out there, the BYU in Alabama if the SEC did not go to a conference game-only model, well, guess what? The SEC would greenlight an Alabama-BYU matchup, most likely in Tuscaloosa. We talked about that yesterday on the podcast. And it doesn't look good right now because Ross Dellinger's reporting this, and he is talking to people who know things in the SEC. And I can tell you this much. I know people who know Ross and he is about as connected as there is in terms of college football reporting, especially in the Southeastern Conference. It looks like BYU could be in a little bit of a pickle here when it comes to the college football season and their schedule. Obviously, BYU, Tom Homo, and the rest of the BYU Athletic Administration have done their done their homework. They've been putting together contingency plan after contingency plan. But if, when it looks like BYU might get a break, and that game against Alabama looked like a massive break for the Cougars, then the SEC decides, you know what? Maybe we'll just go with a conference game-only model. Who knows uh, what's ultimately going to play out with the league presidents? Will they see the ACC saying, hey, we're going to play one extra non-conference game? And we all know that the SEC thinks they're the big bad boy of college football. Are they going to accept the fact, oh, no, we'll play the 10 games. We'll let the ACC play that 11th game. I've got my concerns that the SEC school presidents are going to be like, "Uh, hey, why is this conference over here doing this? Why aren't we doing that? That could be the saving grace for BYU. Who knows if that ultimately plays out. Like I said, we're waiting to hear on a vote potentially as early as today. And it would be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, One thing that uh, was clarified here by Ross Dellinger says it was unclear if they will vote today on the proposal or delay a decision till next week. The NCAA Board of Governors is scheduled to meet next Tuesday in what could be the really the big tipping point of what's going to happen with sports this fall, especially at the collegiate level. The Board of Governors does not control FBS football. FBS football is pretty much autonomous and works within their individual leagues, but a decision by the NCAA to potentially suspend or delay or outright cancel fall sports, their fall championships that they control could have a massive impact on what the college football season may look like. 
as of yesterday, it's back to feeling like, man, is all hope lost for BYU? There's one league out there that is still going to need uh, games, it appears, as it stands right now, and that's the Big 12. They've been very careful about saying when or what they will do. Bob Bullsby, their commissioner, seems to be very upbeat. He said earlier this week that he didn't believe that all the Power 5 leagues needed to have the exact same setup in terms of schedule but he did believe they needed to be compatible to work together to put together the college football playoff, etc. So, as it stands, some bad news for BYU with the SEC with a game against Missouri already scheduled and reports out there, and I can confirm this, that BYU's very much been in discussions with Alabama on a potential game. So two games at stake there with the SEC and potentially more. The ACC saying that if BYU or any other team wants to play uh a non-conference game against an Atlantic Coast Conference team, you have to go to the home state of that school and play generally in their home venue. It's essentially setting up that these teams will have six home games and five road games, giving them a little extra revenue share with their home gate. But I don't know if the home gate's going to make much of a difference this year either. So it's just a very interesting and fluid situation right now. Uh, Hopefully, guys, it makes sense to you guys what I'm passing along to you here. But... I hope that the SEC decides, you know what, if the ACC is going to play conference plus one, well, we want the same thing because we are the SEC. We we are the big boys. We're the bad boys of football. Yeah, Clemson over there, yeah, whatever. We got 10 programs just like them. That'd be nice to see the SEC flex some muscle and do that because that would be an absolutely massive move to help BYU out. We'll see what happens. I know there's a lot of people out there saying that BYU should be the quote-unquote 11th member of the Big 12 this coming season, similar to Notre Dame joining the ACC and allow the Big 12 to go with a 10-game conference game-only model if it were to come to that. That'd be cool to see, but I'm not anticipating that being the case because I think the Big 12 would be like, uh, okay, BYU, what are your intentions here? BYU's intentions. Yeah, we want to be in this conference, and you know what? We're just going to stay on, so you guys do your thing. We'll just be here. Uh, I know that sounds kind of facetious, but there is some truth to it. BYU absolutely would love to be in a Power 5 conference. I think the Big 12 would be a great place for BYU to land as a Power 5 program. But right now, I don't have anything more than speculation out there with regards to the Big 12 and BYU. I can tell you this much, though. There have been discussions between BYU and multiple Big 12 programs like Texas Tech, like TCU, about potential games. And Oklahoma State also in that mix there, too. So, Very interesting and fluid situation we're tracking here on the podcast for BYU football this fall. The hope is that they are playing games and avoiding potentially playing home and home with the rest of their fellow independents, Sands, Notre Dame. I think that'd be a disappointment at this point to have to play home and homes with the like of New Mexico State, UMass, UConn, Liberty, uh, Army. Army will be okay, but the other schools be a pretty big letdown, I feel like. So, Here's hoping that the SEC sees what the ACC did yesterday and says, well, if they're going to do that, we're going to do that, or maybe we'll do one better on them. And hopefully the Big 12 also thinks, you know what, we're going to play as many games as possible. My sincere hope is that we see BYU football playing meaningful games this fall, and meaningful is obviously relative. They'll be playing meaningful games regardless if it were a against a fellow independent. I'm just talking about more of the exposure. You'd like to play the likes of Alabama versus potentially playing the likes of UMass. 
There's no doubt about that. So very interesting situation all the way around, and we'll track it as best we can and bring it to you each and every day. And hopefully, like I said, good news comes in the way of BYU because it seemed like for a little bit there that the ACC announced me yesterday was good news for the Cougars because you thought, okay, the SEC probably will follow a similar format. And then Ross Dellinger comes out and says, no, you know what? The SEC is considering going conference game only, and BYU fans' hearts just had to sink. And it just... It feels like you can't get a break this year, and I, I'm right there with you guys, and we'll see what happens. I'm hopeful. That's my biggest thing. I'm trying to stay hopeful about BYU football this fall. We'll have to track it. We'll have to continue to talk about it, and we'll have it all covered for you here each and every day. All right, way over time here on the first bit of the podcast. We'll get to our player countdown series here in just a minute. The best Cougar to have worn the number 35. Fun discussion, some great finalists. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com. You guys hear me talk about this company a lot, and I can't recommend them enough. A 20-year-old online company that is serving auto parts customers all over the globe. They will ship your parts directly to your door. I think that's one of the biggest things about what this company does is they will make sure that your parts make it to you. You don't have to go to the auto parts store now and say, hey, I need this X, Y, and Z. And they say, well, you have options A and B. Pick one of the two. And you're like, man, that's I don't like either option. The nice part about rockauto.com, it has all the options available to you for your car, truck, or SUV. You can search by model name. You can search by specifications. You can search by price even. You can customize your experience at rockauto.com to make sure you get the right part at the right price for you. And that's what I love about this company. There is no need to sign up for a membership to get a special discount. The prices always are reliably low with rockauto.com. The best part about it also is is that a do-it-yourself, or if you're a guy like myself who likes to change your own oil, you can do all the, some of the simple things on your car. Well, guess what? You, you'll get the same price on the parts you need for your vehicle as you would if you were a mechanic ordering as a professional from rockauto.com. There's no differentiation. That's what I love about rockauto.com, guys. Check them out. When you stop by, make sure to put locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that way they that so that way rockauto knows that you we sent you to their website. Love rockauto.com. They're doing great things helping out auto parts customers. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need, and I can promise you that. Check them out right now at rockauto.com. Our finalist and the best Cougar to have worn the number 35 today on the podcast spread across men's basketball and BYU football and uh, some good finalists in this list. And I was surprised how the voting came out. I actually came out fairly even for three of the finalists, but one guy I thought got the shaft a little bit and we'll talk about him here in just a minute. But let's start off with our finalist list. Former BYU star forward Devin Durant, now elder Devin Durant, of course, in uh, 70 in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints leadership. Uh, a good player during his heyday down there in Provo. Uh, Mike Smith, who also was a great player in his own right, said that Devin Durant really was just a key cog in getting him to BYU to begin with, but also kind of setting the framework and really teaching Michael Smith what he needed to become a good football player and uh, not football player, basketball player, excuse me. Mike Smith was a football player as well, but a great basketball player in BYU's program because Devin Durant, I think the overlap was Devin Durant was a senior when Mike Smith came in as a freshman, but he said it really helped set the tone for his college career and what he ended up going on to do both in basketball and just in everyday life. So Devin Durant, a very impactful individual, uh, former BYU linebacker, the general himself, Cameron Jensen, also a finalist today, played for the Cougars during the heyday under Bronco Mendenhall. 
He actually kind of resents the nickname The General, apparently, and it makes me chuckle because there's a very famous photo shoot of him wearing like a, a General Patton helmet and everything, and it says The General, and Hey, Cameron Jensen was a great player. He had a little bit of a run in the NFL. He's gone on to build multiple successful companies in the private sector. He's a world traveler now. And Cameron Jensen, just a great individual. And an easy selection is a finalist here on our Player Countdown Series. Now let's get to the athlete, the guy that I thought got a little bit of the shaft here, and that is former BYU all-conference forward Steve Schreiner. Played for BYU in the late 80s to the early 90s, 1987 to 1991. And Schreiner, man got 0.9% of the fan vote on today's poll, and I was stunned by that because he was a great player for the Cougars, like I said, late, sev- late not late 70s, late 80s and early 90s, but was an all-conference performer. His senior year alone, 484 points, averaging 14.2 points per game overall, 16.9 points in conference games in the old WAC, and led the Cougars in scoring in 10 different games, was named to the all-WAC first team. A great player, and I was stunned that a guy of that caliber got a little bit overlooked. Devin Durant, I think a lot of people remember him. He's one of those guys who stands out as some of the great players in BYU basketball history. But Steve Schreiner, kind of one of those overlooked players that probably should get some extra love because he played during an era of BYU basketball that was a lot of fun. And when you're an all-conference whack first-team member, Man, you probably should get a little more love than just 0.9% of the vote. But, hey, such as it is. And then finally, our final finalist is Lake Hemuli. Played for Lavelle Edwards in the 1980s. Lake was just a great running back for BYU. And running backs during Lavelle's heyday, we're speaking of the late 70s through what, the probably the mid-80s, they were actually more of a hybrid role. They almost played a slot role at different points, but also had the ability to run the football. And Lakehe Muli is one of those guys who embodied that position best. He really was a great runner, obviously, as a running back, but had the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and just made life miserable for whoever was defending him. So some great finalists on today's list. The fan vote was very close between two of our finalists, and that is Cameron Jensen and Devin Durant, with Jensen edging out Durant 38.9% to 38.1%. About as narrow a margin for a victory in the fan vote as we have seen in this player countdown series as he counts you down to college football this fall, 35 days away from originally what BYU was expected to kick off their season against the University of Utah. But Cameron Jensen takes the fan vote today, and I'm actually going to have to go against you, the fans that voted for the general himself. I've got to pick Devin Durant. Devin Durant was a fantastic, fantastic scorer of the basketball. My grandfather and my dad just raved about what he did for the Cougars in the 1980s. He's gone on to do great things, obviously. Now a member of the Quorum of the Seventy for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a general authority. He's given given his life to the ministry, essentially, in the church. And just looking at his overall impact on the BYU basketball program. The story I told just a little bit ago about Mike Smith, I think that's just indicative of what kind of guy Devin Durant is. Uh, Mark Durant, his brother obviously is now the color analyst, the analyst that works alongside Greg Rebell on the radio broadcast on BYU Radio. And I've talked to Mark about his brother and said, hey, Devin is just the salt of the earth. He is a great human being, a great individual. And hey, 
I thought it was an easy pick today. I thought Devin Durant would win this, but a lot of people like their BYU football players in this fan vote, and I can't blame you guys. I'm not saying that you guys should have picked Devin Durant. Cameron Jensen was a solid pick. He is about as good of an individual out there as I have ever known, and I've gotten to know uh, Cameron both as a football player, but I also have some connections with him outside of that and got to know him more more as a person over the years, and Cameron Jensen... He is about as good of a human being as there, as there is out there as well. So there are some great finalists in this today, and our finalists were down to essentially two guys, I felt like, Devin Durant versus Cameron Jensen. The fan vote went in favor of the general. I'm picking Devin Durant as the best Cougar to have won the number 35. So some fun. We'll get to number 34 tomorrow, and we're going to be breaking into the 20s, the 10s, and the single digits before too long. Get excited, folks. We are inside of a month to when college football is supposed to kick off. We'll see if it ultimately plays out that way, but looking forward to seeing what happens with football this fall and expecting a season at minimum. All right, we will catch up on some of the other news and notes involving BYU players and former Cougars here in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends also over at Biomat USA. I told you guys about Biomat over the past few weeks, and they are a plasma donation center, and they are looking for your donations, and they have a critical, urgent need for them right now. What they're doing with the plasma is it goes into a myriad of different treatments, medicines to help out your fellow man. Biomat needs your guys' plasma, but especially so if you think you've had COVID-19 or you know you've had this virus and have recovered from it. The convalescent plasma that that your body has, what convalescent means is you've recovered from the disease. They need that plasma to look for antibodies in it that can help find a cure or a vaccine or some kind of treatment plan for this virus. The vast majority of us have still yet to catch this disease, and until we have a treatment plan or a vaccine, we're all at risk. So that's what Biomat USA and their parent company, Griffles, are trying to combat right now. They are working on the forefront of this, trying to make sure that they protect as many people as they possibly can. But the only way they can do that is with people donating their plasma. Go visit our friends at Biomat USA. They are located at 349 East University Parkway in Orem. If you know where the University Mall is at, they're right across the street. They're right next to the Big Five there, the Sizzler. You know exactly where I'm talking about. If you want to call them, if you have extra questions, you have more questions, you want to learn more about the process, feel free to give them a call anytime. 801-235-9800. When you stop by, tell them the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you, and they'll make sure you're taken care of. And one thing I felt to know earlier, I probably I should note this right now is you're actually getting paid for donating your plasma as well you get yeah you heard me right you're helping save other people's lives potentially with your plasma donation but also you're lining your pocket with some extra cash i think we all could use that right now so check it out that's our good friends at biomat usa 349 east university parkway in orem phone number 801-235-9800 that's biomat usa Go donate your plasma, guys. Help out your fellow man and put some money in your pocket as a result with Biomat USA. All right, guys, a couple of notes for you before we go on a Thursday edition of the show. First things first, Devontae Henry Cole, his transfer saga is officially complete until it's not again next time. He's officially enrolled at Utah State University and will be an Aggie this fall after transferring from the BYU football program. Most of you know, if you don't, he originally transferred from Utah, joined the BYU football program as part of their signing day class in February, and now as of July 29th, is yesterday when the report came out or the official announcement from Utah State Athletics that he'll be an Aggie this fall for his senior year. Kind of funny to think of a guy who transferred two times in the same offseason, but hey, 
Wish Devontae Henry Cole the best. He has connections up there. His girlfriend was a student at Utah State. So it's not all that surprising to see him move on. But also at the same time, it leaves BYU with a little bit of a hole at running back. We talked about this earlier on when the announcement came out of the reports that I had reported on of Devontae Henry Cole leaving BYU for Utah State came out. I feel like BYU's got a lot of bodies still at running back, but you're going to need to see some of these younger bodies step up and really show what they can do. We'll see what happens. We also are still looking to see if BYU is even going to play football this fall. Like I said, I'm hopeful. I'm remaining as optimistic as I possibly can be, but it feels like every other day I either go way up or way down. We'll see what happens. But of course, Devontae Henry Cole could play against his former team, I guess we can call it. He was a member of the BYU football program. Had a cup of coffee with the Cougars, and now that's a really bad oxymoron, so I apologize for using that expression. But, hey, we'll move on from that. One other note today is a big congratulations to Jimmer Fredette. He is reportedly headed back to China to play in the Chinese Basketball Association. He'll be playing with the Shanghai Sharks, the program or the team that he played with from 2016 to 2019. Put up all kinds of monster numbers there in China. The Lonely Master or the Lonely God is a they call him there in Shanghai. I think this is a good move for Jimmer Fredette. He was playing with Panathinaikos in Greece. Uh, had his contract canceled after the first year uh, due to some uh, concerns with the economy there in Greece with the COVID-19 downturn, etc. But hey, going back to playing China, Jimmer is going to be an absolute legend in the city of Shanghai. If he wins a championship there, he'll have a trophy built for him in the city and he's doing so much for his international brand. He's got that endorsement deal with 361 degrees sports. Of course, they will be putting out, I'm sure more and more material now that he's going back to China and the Chinese basketball association for his uh, low quality of the basketball as it can be. It has still got a worldwide presence, and it's simply due to the fact, you know what, there's a lot of Americans, a lot of former NBA players who are playing in this league and putting up monster numbers, and it draws attention that way. Jimmer Fredette is going to be on the forefront. When you play in one of the two biggest cities in China, speaking of Shanghai, you're going to be at the forefront. And the best part about it all is Shanghai is owned by Yao Ming, who, by the way, also happens to run the Chinese Basketball Association. Yao Ming knows a thing or two about promoting the product and Jimmer Fredette playing for one of the flagship franchises there in China. Seems like a pretty savvy business move for both sides and reportedly going to make $1.6 million for his efforts. So Jimmer's still getting it done and best of luck to him as he moves back to China and looking forward to seeing how he does with the Sharks in a second go-round reportedly here in the next little bit. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search us out at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you so desire to follow me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. And also feel free anytime to email the show. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Love to hear from you guys, get your thoughts. And hopefully you guys are all doing well out there, wherever you're listening in from. I love doing this podcast. I express that all the time, but it truly is an honor to sit back and talk BYU sports daily with you guys. And I hope you guys enjoy it half as much as I enjoy bringing it to you each and every day. Have a great rest of your Thursday whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 30th, 2020. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.